You can do anything you set your mind to if you're willing to pay the price for greatness. Tom Bilyeu. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah. I'm your host. And for those of you that are new, this is a podcast to teach you how to be the leader in life, at your work, in your sport, or in your profession, or even among your family. We talk about two things. We talk about leadership and we talk about performance. But overall, this podcast is for you if you want to win. The goal is to make you a top performer in your field. It'll help you establish a foundation in leadership and help you evolve from a poor leader to a good one or good leader to a great one. All that I ask is that if you find value in today's episode, if you laugh, if you learn, or if you're just simply inspired that you share it with a friend. And we're going to jump right into today's topic. Um, I have a really important one, as always, a life-changing episode that's going to help you on your journey to being a more powerful leader. And that topic is changing chapters. So I've had a handful of clients and even just people through social media reaching out to me asking how to deal with these times that we're in with you know, the world shifting. And they want to know they're struggling with changing directions in life. Okay. A lot of these people are people that built their identities in the professions that they're in and they are too afraid to, to leave that current profession and go a different direction. So we're going to dive into strategies and tactics to help people through that. Um, and this will be a great episode for you if you're in that situation. And even if you're not, it'll help you create a new dream. Um, if you need to, if you're interested in going that direction. So anyways, Without further ado, um, I'm joined by my trusted sidekick. You know what? No nicknames today. It's just Justin Phillips. What's up, Justin? How are you doing? So lame. Why don't I get any nicknames today? You know, I think people need to know your your real name. <laughs> Is it because you forgot all the nicknames? Is that no. the reason? <laughs> no, no. You know, Justin Phillips. You know, you, people yeah. need to know it. People need to know that name. Yeah. It's a very unique name. If you Google my name, you will find all sorts of things. Did what, did you see my post on Instagram a couple weeks ago about that, actually? Now they've got us on this tangent. I posted a thing, I, I think, on my Instagram story. I said I was going to start a new podcast, and it's going to be called The Justin Phillips Show, except I'm just going to interview people named Justin Phillips and see oh. what kind of people I get on the ringer. And we're going to start a Facebook group, and like we're going to have a Justin Phillips army. It's going to be great. <laughs> that would be cool if you, could, if you could bring all the Justin Phillips in the world yeah. together. That would, yeah, be cool. would be cool. Yeah, actually, when I was growing up, there was there was another Justin Phillips that lived so close to me that we had the same we had the same pharmacy. So we used to go to like pick up my medication all the time, and we come home with the wrong pills and shit because <laughs> they had two Justin Phillipses in the same place. It sucked. But um, oh. that's my real name. That's that's our little introduction in, introductory tangent for the episode. And um, deal, I guess we'll, we'll get into changing chapters now. So yeah. hold on, before you start asking me questions, how are you doing? Tell, tell me how you're doing. I'm doing fine. I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well for someone. I have a lot of finals due in like the next two days. So, well, okay. by the time people can listen to this, they'll be done. But I have a bunch of finals due, um, which isn't actually that bad. And yeah, other than that, literally nothing has changed in the past like two months. Like I go outside for a walk every day because it's the only thing I can go outside to do. And outside of that, I just sit in here and work on shit. 
Are you ready to get out of the house? You ready to get back to normal? Oh, I've been ready to get back to normal since like the day before this all started. <laughs> like, yeah. like as soon as I saw it coming, I was like, please don't. And then yeah. it did. And then it stayed for a long time. Yeah. Well, we're starting to see things change, right? People are starting to like here in Colorado, some businesses are open. Um, there's still a lot of restrictions, some really weird restrictions. Like I mentioned to you earlier, like our, yeah. our, our, the Colorado governor said, you can't go further than 10 miles from your house. Um, yeah. kind of an unusual, you know, um, uh, policy or whatever you want yeah. to call it, you know, guideline. Um, <laughs> I did just see something miles. funny. I, I just read a tweet that said, you know what? It took an entire pandemic, but at least everyone knows who their governor is now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, true. That's, that's a really good thing. Yeah. And, and it'll be really interesting to see who's who's still in, uh, who's still there, the governor, yeah. you know, after this yeah. is all over, like who yeah. gets voted out and who stays in. Yeah. And aside from stuff like that, actually, I'm starting to notice a real shift finally in like the population in general. Like when I'm going outside now, because like I said, I've been walking all over my fucking town every single day like since this all started and i've been seeing a lot more both on the internet and outside like people are starting to come out of their houses people are just starting to really literally get fed up with this finally i think so i'm interested and now we are actually starting to see protests in bigger areas too people are paying any sort of attention so i think it's interesting to see what the actual population is going to do as opposed to just like what all these task forces and whatnot are saying yeah people have kind of reached their threshold of Hey man, we can't stay inside anymore. Like I'm gonna take my risk. Like if I'm if I'm in my 70s right now, and you're telling me like, or maybe my 80s, and you're telling me I need to stay indoors for the rest of my life, I'm gonna say screw you, and I'm gonna yeah. go, I'm gonna take my chances. I'm not gonna die indoors for the rest of my life. Like I'm gonna go do my thing. But yeah, I think it's important that we all you know abide by the the guidelines and that we practice social distancing and do our do our part in all this, but there is a line where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we got to figure out a way to go about regular life while yeah. dealing with this thing. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to note that kind of like in a certain sort of way, our freedom is granted to us on the extent that we let it be granted to us, you know, like if mm-hmm. they keep telling us, giving us all these restrictions and stuff and we follow it, then that's it. That, that is what it is. But we're, I, th- yeah. I think we're going to get to a point finally where if they do keep it up much longer, people are just going to be like, what if I just don't? <laughs> yeah, well, I have, I have some friends like that that are business owners. Like a couple of them own gyms and one of them was like, you know what? I don't have to listen to you. I'm not shutting down my my gym. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is cops con- contacted them. They said, hey, if you, if you stay open, here's exactly what happens. The first the first time uh, we warn you. The second time we, we cite you. Uh, we give you... Uh, um, um, what do you call it? A, uh, I can't think of the damn, I don't know. <laughs> like not a ticket, but like a They're fine. Um, <laughs> fine. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> a hard time this morning. <laughs> yeah. A fine. And then after that we escalate and we find your managers. And then at, on the fourth time <laughs> we, we find everybody and we take away your business life. By the time they go through that process, they'll just be allowed to be open again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a difficult situation, but um, we are starting to see things come coming back to normal. Took longer than I thought it would. I thought it would take a couple of weeks. Took more like a month plus from the time yeah. that I spoke it. So, anyways, let's get into today's topic. Let's get into you know changing chapters, transitioning, um, and and help the listener out recognize who they truly are at their core and um, help them transition to the next thing, whether it's their career or whatever. Um, in today's episode, let's do that. 
Yeah. So while we were talking about this beforehand, I kind of just wrote down some major points that we already discussed and that I think you can elaborate on. And the first one that we can start out with was we were talking a lot about just focusing on your own your own shit, basically, just focusing on what you do and on your identity. So what that was derived from was you were saying you have a lot of people recently that are having trouble like comparing themselves to others. So what's the advice there? Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk, we will, let's talk about comparing yourself to others and how that can mess with your identity, but let's kind of shape the problem uh, for everybody. Yeah. So there's somebody out there that's listening that has been in their profession for, for either their whole life or a long period of time. And right now, coronavirus is making them contemplate the direction that they're going. Okay. They may even have a profession that is completely shut down. I mean, they can't work at all and it may not be, um, they may not have an opportunity to work in that profession even after this is over. So that individual right now is stop stopping and they're thinking like, okay, what do I, what do I want to do? But the, the challenge that they have is that how they see themselves is that profession. So when they think about changing directions in life, they feel like they're losing everything that they've done. Okay. So that's the challenge. Like, how do I transition from one career to the next and feel good about it? Um, and that can tie into comparing against others as well. We can kind of get there. Um, so do you want me to focus on comparing or do you want me to focus on that individual transitioning from their career to another one. I I would start with the comparing okay. themselves to others and kind of I like to think of the focus that's involved in this type of thing too because people whether they're athletes, whether they're business owners, whether they're military like whatever they are, they they always kind of idolize these people and putting themselves up against that person can be very discouraging, can be just it can stop you from getting to where you want to be. So the, the, the kind of two-sided benefit of not focusing on what everyone else in your industry is doing or in your field is doing and just trying to be the best that you can be at it, I think that's something that people need to hear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, 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 the first point is that when you're changing chapters, um, one of the obstacles is that you're going to start comparing yourself to other people. Okay. If you've spent 10, 15 years, 20 years in a current profession and you want to switch gears, you're going to feel like you're not as close to greatness. You're not as close to being a top performer in that field as somebody else who's been doing it for a really long time. You're going to compare yourself, your situation against somebody else, and it's going to become discouraging. It's like it, the thought will become, why should I go that direction? I can never be as good as these individuals that are in that field right now, right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, when they make a transition like that, too, also feel like they're late. Like they feel like they've been doing something else their whole life. And then they get into, a, let's say, a new career and they're faced with 20 somethings that are already doing that. But they feel like they're just they're kind of past that stage where they get developed. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And comparing, you know, it's it's a it's a sad thing because there, I mean, there's no unless you can figure out a way to reframe it and make it give you energy. Um, comparing yourself against other people's can be like, just like, like we said, discouraging, right? It can make you feel like, make you feel like shit, essentially. Like you're not enough, like you're not good enough. 
there is a way to do it to compare yourself against others so that it gives you energy and you start working mm -hmm. really hard, right? Like it's when you have the belief that I can beat somebody and you're comparing yeah. yourself against them, it, it, it's a benefit. It's a good yeah, thing. It's, it's, not the, it's not the comparison that is the bad thing. I don't think what we're trying to say here is like, don't compare yourself to others, but it's like the meaning you attach to the way that you compare yourself to others that yeah. really depends on if it's something that's going to boost you and it's going to like people with high competitive drives are going to be like, oh, I can blow this guy out of the water. And then they compare to themselves to that person and then they catch up and then they pass the person. Whereas other people are like, oh, I'll never be that good or I'm currently not that good. So why am I trying? And then yeah. that's when comparing gets bad. Yeah. And when, and, and when you when you're comparing it and it's a good, a good thing, it's what you're actually doing isn't even comparing, you're competing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's, that's the shift that I'm talking about. That we should do if we're, if we're stuck in a position where we're trying to change chapters, change, you know, change dreams. And the obstacle is that you're comparing yourself against somebody else. Well, here's the thing, no matter what industry you look in, what profession, this is the truth about winners. Winners don't compare. They, they compete. Winners focus on competing, not comparing. Okay. And what that means is that they stay, winners stay focused on their lane. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I like to use the analogy of, of animals in this example. So um, if there's an individual out there who wants to be a um, super soldier, wants to be a stellar athlete, and he's comparing himself to guys that have built their careers in special operations. He's doing himself a disservice because he's comparing himself against a different species, right? If this individual has been doing life differently for the last 20 years, right? It's like, I'll just mention some names here. So it's like, if, I, if I've been in uh, a, a business owner for th 20, 30 years of my life, and I'm comparing myself against, you know, some of the main people on social media right now, maybe David Goggins or Jocko, and that person's going to get discouraged. They're going to say, Hey man, I'll never be this hero soldier like these other individuals. And it, it, they're doing themselves a disservice when you do that. So instead compare yourself against your own species. Okay. And this is what winners do. All right. Winners don't compare sharks to lions. Okay. Both are badass species, right? A shark is an awesome, is awesome in the water. A lion is awesome on the, on the land. But when a lion goes into the water, he's useless. Right. So what, what a lot of people are doing are sitting back and they're, they're a lion inside, but they're comparing themselves to sharks. So, you know, the first thing when you're comparing, right, is to, to shift, recognize what your species is. Like, what's your lane? Yeah. Okay. What's your species? Okay. And then the second thing is after you've realized like what that is, um, there's a great example of the mindset that we need to have when, when we're in that field, when we're, when we're against other species of that nature, there's a great one. There's a meme where Michael Phelps is swimming against Chad. I can't remember his, his, his last name, but, uh, this is when Michael Phelps won his 20th gold medal in the 200 meter butterfly swim at the Olympics in 2016. And Michael Phelps is going, you know, he's, he, and this was a really competitive and, uh, uh, there's a lot of tension involved in this, this, this competition, a lot of buildup, right? Well, Michael Phelps is in the water. And he's swimming and there's this, this photo that was taken. He's focused on the end of the pool. He is like laser focused on the end. And you look over at Chad and Chad is looking at Michael Phelps. Okay. Yeah. So he's, lo he's looking off to the side, right? So Michael Phelps is focused on competing. 
Mm-hmm. He's in his lane, right? Where Chad is focused on comparing and what ends up happening. Michael Phelps wins the gold medal. Right. Okay. So right. in other words, yeah, I was going to bring that up when we we're talking about competing. Competing is a lot more about building yourself, getting yourself to like maximum capacity, essentially, as opposed to trying to bring your competition down with you. It gets into that whole like build the tallest building type of thing, right? Instead of tearing everybody else's building down, the way to have tallest building is just to build the tallest fucking building. Yeah, so it's a great example. Yeah, I just wanted to make that distinction there too when you're saying competing versus comparing it's like when you're comparing yourself to others maybe not when you're idolizing the people that are the best at it. like if you're a golfer and you're like oh i'm never going to be as good as tiger woods that's pretty discouraging and stuff like that but even when you're comparing yourself to just others in your circle you start to kind of think like like politicians do this all the time right they start putting out ads talking about what's bad about the other people that are running against them instead of just explaining or demonstrating why they're the best choice. Whereas competing and what winners do is they just, they just make themselves the best at the cost of nobody else necessarily. Yeah, exactly. You hit it. You hit the nail on the head right there. That's exactly right. Awesome. We could transition into uh, people. You already brought this up and this was actually my second point, but people feel like they lose something when they transition to another part of their career. So explain what you mean by that. Yeah. Um, so if I'm trying to change chapters in life, okay, if I'm trying to, if I have a nine to five and I'm in my mid twenties and all of a sudden I decide that nine to five is not for me, I want to become a ranger. Yeah. The first obstacle is that I'm going to start comparing myself against other people. Okay. And we were, we were given some tools to kind of, to, to navigate that, right? We said, Hey, don't compare, just compete, right? Get in your lane, start competing. Cause you're going to get more out of your effort doing that. Um, the next challenge that somebody faces when changing chapters, transitioning, quote unquote, is losing their identity. Okay. Um, a lot of people struggle with deciding that with building themselves up in one area of life. And then deciding to pivot and do something a little bit different. So military people are a great example because like I'm for for me, for example, right? I spent 15 years in the military and then I changed chapters and I became an entrepreneur. I became a coach. I became a speaker, right? All these different things. Well, that is not easy for a lot of people, right? A lot of people, they do 15 years plus and they think that they should stick out what they've done because they've gotten all these, they've gotten the lifestyle that they wanted out of it. They've, um, you know, they put in all this work and they feel like they're losing out on all that hard work. They feel like they're starting over. Yeah. Well, and go can ahead. you elaborate a little bit on what that was like for you? Cause you transitioned out of the military not too long ago. And like, did you face those same problems? Yeah, a little bit, but I thought about it pretty heavily. And, um, I think I've had an easier time than a lot of people. In fact, I would say I do. I did because a lot of, I know a lot of my peers reached out to me after I decided to get out of the military and and they said, dude, congratulations. I can't believe you made that jump at the time that you did. I completely admire it. Right. Cause there's every single one of them is thinking about the 20 year marker. They're like, Oh, I just need to retire. And then I can change chapters. I just need to grind this out. And I don't think like that. I think as soon as I have I don't want to waste time. So as soon as I know it's right for me to change directions, pivot. Okay. I don't mean turn all the way around. I mean, pivot. Um, then I do it without 
without second guessing myself. Okay. Now I did wrestle with it a little bit because I was a small, shy kid from a little town and I built myself into this to a ranger, a ranger officer. And I was a completely different person by the time I became that. Well, all that came to an end when I decided to switch careers. I said, Hey man, um, it's time to go a different direction. It's time to step into the civilian world and it's time to, you know, become an entrepreneur, time to become a coach. And when I decided I was going to do that, um, I asked myself, well, who are you really? Like, are you, is, is becoming an entrepreneur is becoming a business owner is becoming a coach truly who you are, or aren't you a ranger? Like, that's kind of what was the conversation inside of my head, right inside of my body. And I struggled with it for a while. And, um, but I realized, and this is a tool that everybody can take away. I realized who I was at my core. Okay. Who you are is not your profession. Okay. Who you are is the steps that you took leading up into getting it. All right. So I realized that I wasn't the profession. I wasn't the ranger. I wasn't the warrior. Those are a part of me, but I was the guy that put in the work day after day after day, getting up early, doing the personal development, doing the studying, researching, um, you know, workout programs, researching soft special operations forces, um, doing all that stuff leading up into the event till I got the dream and then I achieved it, but I wasn't, I wasn't the achievement. I was the person that did those things leading up into it. So once you realize who you are at your core, when you take everything away, then it becomes easier to change chapters because you know who you are, right? Like, um, does that make sense so far? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if somebody wants to figure out deep down, like, who am I really? Well, you can ask yourself this question. You say, okay, if, if, if I took you and I took everything away from your life, I took your family, I took your friends, I took, all, I took your hobbies away and I put you kind of in a new environment in a country where you were, you didn't know anybody. Well, what would make you happy? Okay. What would you do? And if you start kind of with a blank slate, what you'll realize is that like for me, when I asked myself that question, I, I discovered that I'm a guy that likes to identify a big dream, a big goal, and then work my ass to get it and not stop. That's who I am at my core. Like take everything away from me. And that makes me happy. As long as I'm working towards something, I'm failing, I'm learning, I'm pivoting, all those different things. That's my identity. So that's a real quick exercise that somebody can use to figure out who they are at the core. Another one that it can do is uh, just like take out a piece of paper, write on there, who am I? Okay. And then underneath that, write, I am a, and then describe yourself in three words, three separate words. Okay. When, when I have clients go through this, sometimes they say father. Sometimes they say, I am a Christian. Um, I am a leader. Okay. So you, so if I were to ask you, Justin, if I said, describe yourself in one word, say, I am a, well, how would you answer? Just your first thing that comes to mind. Doesn't have to be super deep. I am a, what would you say? Student. Okay, good. So you see yourself as a student. Hmm. All right. Now let's do one more. So if you're not a student, I am a what? Oh gosh. Now you're stumping me. Um, 
I, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> first, first thing that comes to mind. Don't overthink it. It could be, could be anything. So I am a student. What else are you, Justin? I, I am a, I'm a dreamer. Okay, good. Good. That's, that's really good. You said dreamer. Yeah. Elaborate so, on that a little bit. I just, I'm someone that wants to basically, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it to make it not sound like the same thing as everybody else, but a big part of my whole philosophy is just basically, I don't want to say living life on my terms, doing, doing things that I'm not miserable doing, like actually being happy and actually going after something, even if I'm not quite getting there in the sense that like, if I died tomorrow, would I be happy with what I was doing yesterday? type of thing and that's what i mean by dreamer i'm going after the things that i dream about doing because even if they don't even if they don't manifest then i can die knowing that i was trying to yeah awesome answer it's that you know that's a great answer and that's a very uh, elaborative kind of like just the mission statement of me and my team is that whole thing too so they're the people i'm around and whatnot yeah and you know there's a philosophy to it, right? It's yeah. one word, but it summarizes your entire philosophy about yeah. life. Yeah. So when I, when I got asked that question and I was shocked that I said this when I, when I uh, wrote it out, I did this a long time ago. Somebody asked me to do the same thing. Um, and they, you know, three words, ready, set, go. Here, there's the exercise. Go ahead and write down what you got. Jeremiah, the entire class was doing it. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I wrote down was leader. And it was really interesting to me because I didn't have a positive association to the word leader. I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't praise leadership at the time. I actually thought it was kind of this thing that a lot of people use as a badge of honor, right? Like, oh, I'm a leader. But I really, I wrote yeah. it down at my core. I was like, dang, that's weird. I wrote down that I'm a leader. Why is that? And it was because I looked back at my entire life and I was always trying to help point people in the right direction. Um, yeah. I, also, I also wrote down warrior in there. I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter and deep down in my core, regardless of how many missions, regardless of how many, you know, gunfights I've been in. Like I see a warrior as somebody who just doesn't stop fighting, right? It doesn't matter if it's combat or it doesn't matter if it's real life. So, you know, everybody should spend some time figuring out who are you really? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting about the leader thing that you just said and about how, uh, you were saying like you didn't necessarily have the best connotation with the term leader in the first place is that it's so I, I've started to notice this trend, too, with like human behavior is that people, when they don't like something, they tend to just not have anything to do with it. Right. And people not understanding the idea that if you think something is messed up, like if you think our education system is messed up and you just just shy away from the education system your whole life. You're like, that's messed up. I don't want anything to do with it. How the hell is it going to get fixed? You know? So I keep seeing these people lately, like people that are like, I really hate the government. And then they go work for the government and people get really confused. They're like, why do you work for the government if you hate it so much? They're like, because then I can do something about it. So it's kind of like run towards the problems that you have. That's kind of what you do with leadership. Like that's how you start off this podcast nine times out of 10. You're like, leadership is messed up in the world. We're here to fix it. And yeah, that's, that's what, exactly right. That's what's lacking in a lot I, of yeah. cases. You want to find out where you should direct your, your energy and time and focus and passion. Find out the things that you're, that piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Fix like, for, <laughs> like for me, you know, for a long time, poor leadership pissed me off, man. Like I hate it. And I still hate seeing this. 
like people abusing their positions, people being negligent, people being ignorant and being in charge of other people. And like, like that fires me up so bad. I'm getting angry thinking about it. And so that's what I want to fix. Right. And that's why we're doing this is because we, I, I don't, I have failed so many times in leadership. Like I can more than I can count. But what I what I have in my my arsenal right now is tools to help the person that hasn't been through those same trials and tribulations. So great point though that you brought up. Yeah, I, yeah, that's something that just popped into my head the other day. I was like, they've got a really good point. Like, go and do the things that you really think are fucked up because that's the only way anything's going to get done about it. So, so interesting enough, when I was 19 years old and I decided to switch from being an engineer to being an infantry officer, one of the big driving factors for me at the time was um, that I was pissed off at my leadership. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had some really good leaders when I was enlisted. Don't get me wrong, but I had, I, I was young, I was immature and I was blaming some of the senior leaders on some things that I probably shouldn't have been blaming them on. But inside what it did to me was told me that if I wanted to fix that problem, that I had to do something about it. And that put me on a whole different tra trajectory, right? I said, hey, if, if I can't fix if I can't fix this position, this problem from where I'm at in my position, then I got to change my position. So I'm going to become an infantry officer. I'm going to make a difference, right? I'm going to fix that problem because I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and just be that person that like every other keyboard warrior you see on social <laughs> media these days that just wants to bitch about the problem, but they don't yeah. actually like they don't actually do anything about it. Like, oh, I'm an activist. Um, about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, well, what have you done to help solve that problem? They're like, oh, nothing. I just, I get on, I get on Facebook and I just tear people up that ha argue with me. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> I comment on Facebook ads. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's good. Be okay. Here's another thing that, that kind of going back a little bit into what we were talking about, about people, people losing one thing. Like that's, that's part of transition is basically like, out with the old and with the new type of thing, right? And I was also listening to something the other day that brought up this really good point about having an abundance mentality. And you hear about a lot about an abundance. Whoa, whoa, you hear a lot about an abundance mentality when you get into entrepreneurship and stuff. But someone brought up the point the other day that it's that it's people that are the best at letting go of what they have tend to be the most successful because they aren't afraid that they can't get it back. Mm. If that makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? And basically this, this was on a sales podcast I was listening to. So he was talking about money, but he was like, he was like the richest people give away the most money. Like if you look at it, because they know that they can get it back. Whereas people with more of a scarcity mindset don't like to spend their money because they don't see it coming back to them. So do you think that's also ties into when you're transitioning in careers or transitioning in whatever it is going from you know a career to the military military out of the career career to a business whatever it is that you're you're afraid of letting go of the past because you think if i let go of that like it's not coming back yeah and the truth of the matter is that there's something better in front of you man like yeah. the abundance mentality what doesn't matter what we're talking about finances career mm -hmm. means that you know, yeah, I, I accomplished a dream, but there's another dream ahead of me. I just don't know it yet. It means that there's unlimited dreams, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe that down in my core. And I think that when we're young, we get like a lot of people will get obsessed about, especially high performers, get obsessed about one dream and then they won't stop. They'll latch onto it and they, and these rare individuals will spend five, 10, 15, 20 years chasing this one dream. And um, then when they get it, 
that becomes the challenge of the, the challenge is, well, shit, man, like I got this one dream. I don't want to let go of it. But the truth of the matter is there's a new dream ahead. Like I said, you just don't know it yet. I'm a great example, right? I can only be a ranger platoon leader one time in my life for one period of my life. I can't go back and do that again. Right. Right. I mean, you could fight and try and weasel your way into it, but the truth of the matter is that that's how life works. And so I think a lot of people fail in checking the block in their dreams. And you hear this a lot with people, especially people that I coach, they, they say, Hey, I want to get in the, um, I used to be in great shape. I want to get in as good a shape as I was in my twenties. That's chasing an old dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what ends up happening when you chase an old, when you chase a, when you chase a goal, you always end up just a little bit short, right? So if you chase an old dream, like an old self, you're going to fall a little bit short and you're actually never going to feel like that individual again. So instead you flip it, have an abundance mindset and you say, you know what? Yeah, I was in great shape when I in my youth, but, but who could I be now? What's the next dream? Could I 10 X who that person was? So instead of chasing the old self, let's create a new one, right? A new dream. Right. And I think people kind of just thrive and they live for that progression and prosperity too, sort of in a certain sense. Like even if you have this goal, like every, I don't know if you have this goal to like become a millionaire someday and then you become a millionaire by the time you're 26 or whatever age, but you become a millionaire. Like nobody that I know of actually gets there and then just kind of stops. You know, they never get to the top of the mountain and just think, oh, cool. I climbed the mountain. Like I'm set for life now. Like then that's when it's time to find another mountain to climb, right? Then it's time to be like, oh, well, shit, I became a millionaire. What if I can, you know, get up to like an eight-figure net worth now? And then they have to keep moving towards something. So I guess my point is, is that when you're trying to make a transition like that, and if you're afraid of letting go of what's behind you, usually the answer is right in front of you as to why you should let go of what's behind you. It's because like, you know, inside of you that you're moving towards something better. You're just... I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's just something about that human psychology that's like, don't let go of what's behind you. Yeah. I mean, what brings me closure, what helped me transition out of the military and into what I'm doing now is recognizing that it was the hardest thing I could do. And I, I've learned, I talked about the harder path all the time and I've learned that the harder path pays. So when I'm at a crossroads with the military and I don't have a, uh, uh, I, I don't see the new, I don't, I don't see that. I know that I've already accomplished at one dream and I'm trying to create the next. Well, I ask myself, what's the hardest option in front of me? And then I just allow myself to believe that it's going to pay the most. Make sense? Sorry. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, my last point to that, too, when it comes to letting go of your old self is like, I've also come to learn that people are a lot more concerned with what they already have than what they could get Mm. just naturally they are and uh, jason capital actually is where i learned this from he had this clip that he posted i don't know somewhere on the internet where he gave this example of like if it's say it's like the middle of the night right you're asleep it's like two three in the morning but your buddy calls you and for some reason is like hey the tire shop down the street is having like this sweet deal we can go get new tires right now for like just this incredible price you're probably not gonna get up out of bed to go and get tires in the middle of the night, especially if you don't need them for any reason. But then he said, take the same example, except this time your buddy calls you and says, dude, I just drove by your house to get these tires and someone's taking the tires off your car right now. Mm. And then 
you immediately jump out of bed and go try to figure out what the fuck is going on because people are people are so prone to clinging on to what they've already got but not always motivated to go after something new that they could have yeah i really like that and it's funny because when you said somebody's taking the tires off my car i thought first thought was how close how close am i to my car can i do something about it Um, (laughs) i go can i go beat them up (laughs) Um, and i kind of imagined like if i wasn't within distance of my car and i knew that it was happening um and i had both options in front of me (laughs) like hey man i think i think i would be more excited about the discounted car (laughs) i I think i would so yeah yeah it's a great way to frame it probably certain situations but i definitely think it's true that people are way more motivated to save what they've already got than to let something new come in even if the something new is significant and good by every mean yeah you see this actually a lot right now with uh with uh, people getting laid off and people and budget cuts and you know people taking hits to their income um you know people losing 25 50% of their income right now and they're like oh their response to losing money is that they need to be conservative. Mm-hmm. They say, "Hey, I need to save. I need to save more. I need to cut expenses." And I'm, I keep seeing people say that, like, "Hey, cut my expenses. Cut my expenses." And I'm like, "No." <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit, but I'm saying no. I'm saying get creative and learn how to make more make money. money. Yeah, like that's the solution. Like, that's how not even you- that's not even this time. Like, people just have that problem. The penny pinching mindset. Is, yeah. has just like taken over the world and it's it's something i grew up with so it kind of strikes a strikes a nerve with me that i've kind of realized like it works a lot better if you just figure out new ways to make money and don't worry about your expenses as much as opposed to trying to save every little penny you can everywhere yeah the problem isn't isn't the seven dollar starbucks that you buy once a month or once every other mm-hmm. week the problem is that you don't know how to make extra cash yeah that's the real problem, but, um, it comes back to the abundance mindset, like you mentioned, but yeah. Um, so yeah, change, changing chapters and, uh, transitioning, we should always have an abundance mindset, knowing that there's more dreams ahead of us. There's more opportunity ahead of us, even though, even if we can't see it quite yet. And if you're trying to figure out what path to take, if you're trying to transition out your current pr- profession to a different one, ask yourself, what's the hardest path you can take in front of you? Cause it probably pays the most. Yeah, exactly. So the last point that I want to get into before we run out of time, which is still going to be in like another 20 minutes, but that's how long it took us to talk about the first two points, is um, achieving your greatness versus trying to model somebody else and trying to become the second rate insert name here. Yeah. Um, and you have a question for it? Or you want me to just expand? Not on necessarily. Yeah. I just want you to kind of go into that and explain Maybe if you've seen people that try to just mimic what already successful people have done and how it stops them from really making anything of themselves. Well, it kind of comes back to what we talked about at the beginning with comparing, right? Yeah. Um, so if you're trying to, you're, our goal in life is to get to our absolute best. Like how that's, that's, that makes life fun. How many different things can I do? How many different things can I succeed at? What type of life can I build for myself and those around me? Um, and if I'm constantly comparing myself as a shark to lions, I'm going to end up getting discouraged and I'm going to feel miserable. So to get to my absolute greatness, I have to go inward, right? I have to focus on my species, focus on being a shark and getting as best as I can. Right. So, um, yeah. What do you want me to talk about with, with greatness specifically, like your greatness? Just overall, the point of not trying to 
become the second. Like something that I, I thought about this earlier when we were talking about the comparing thing. You brought up two names. You brought up David Goggins and Jocko Willink, mm-hmm. and I thought about this for a second because when you think about it, any name that you can take like that, any of them in the space, whether it's Jocko or David or Tony Robbins, like you name it, they're all they've all got like a personal brand, so to speak. You know, like you think of a specific type of person when you think of that person because Jocko became Jocko by doing what Jocko does basically. Whereas if let's say Jocko tried to become the next Tony Robbins, we probably wouldn't really know who he is. Exactly. Um, we wouldn't, but what he did is he didn't compare it. He competed. Yeah. He, and it's okay to use other people as a, as a roadmap, like to, to figure out who's living close to the way that you want to live, what are some things that they want to do. But um, it's a lot like, you know, we talked about martial arts, you know, mm-hmm. your path, your greatness in life is really like training in mixed martial arts. You take a little bit of skills from every single individual and then you create your own flavor and then you can become a great martial artist, right? Yeah. Well, life works the same way. Um, I'm a military guy. I was a ranger, right? I'm not going to try and become Jocko. I'm not going to try and become David Goggins. I'm going to try and become Jeremiah Sullivan to the highest ability possible. Now, is that Jocko does, he does, uh, um, he focuses on leadership specifically, right? He's very one dimensional leadership. He does some Brazilian Jiu Jitsu too. That's his field. David Goggins, um, he does a lot of, he does a ton of endurance type workouts, long distance running. He was a Navy SEAL. I can't compare myself to Navy SEALs. I was a ranger. So my field is, this is what I like to do. This is the lane that I'm creating. I'm not going to follow them. I'm not doing what all these other people are doing. I'm creating my own lane. I'm stacking leadership. I'm stacking performance. And I'm stacking the fitness activities that I like the most. Mixed martial arts, not just jujitsu. Weight training on top of running. Like I want to be a well-rounded athlete. And if you were to take one of those individuals, put them in my world, whether I'm a shark or whether I'm a lion, I'm going to eat them up. I'm going to eat them up in my world, right? If they try to be a ranger, if they try to do what I'm doing in business, or if they try to do what I'm doing in fitness, one day with me and I'm going to eat them up, right? But if I go into their world, they're going to eat me up. It's going to just, it's going to be nasty. So, (laughs) you know, when you're trying to achieve your greatness, you got to get really, really clear on the direction you want to go and then train yourself with your profession, your hobbies all that stuff, just like a martial artist would, and just get one skill after the next and really just create your own lane. Um, and really what you're trying to achieve is mastery, right? Like you're, that's what you're trying to achieve. That's, that's, that's almost synonymous with greatness. Like, and with mastery, you could, you have two choices. You either, you take, you become a subject matter expert in one field, and then you get more and more niche, more and more niche and more, more and more niche. And then the next thing you know, you're the only person in the entire world that can do this one thing. Like, I don't know, like some type of brain surgery, right? Right. Or you start off on the, a different path and you combine different skills. Jocko's a great example. Mm -hmm. He, he, he went, he's, he's becoming a master in just leadership, right? Here I am carving out my own lane. I'm stacking, I'm stacking leadership and I'm stacking performance for the individual over time. Boom, boom, boom. That's a different lane of mastery, right? But there's both, there's enough abundance in the world for both of us to succeed and achieve our own personal greatness. Yeah. I think of it like you're you're like a chef of your own life. Like like you can take ingredients 
from outside. Like you can take little pieces of what so-and-so does and who it does, but it's like, it's how you put them together and what angle you approach it from that is really important to like actually becoming something different. Because what I, what I fear is that when you, when people are being told like they've got to do something different, they don't want to try to copy whatever it is. People say like, oh, well, Jocko already does leadership, so I can't do leadership. Like that's not necessarily the case. Like there are a bunch of people out there that do leadership, but they all do it differently. Yeah. You know, like Jocko does leadership. Simon Sinek does leadership. John Maxwell does leadership, but they've all got their own flavor added to leadership. And you can learn different things from all sorts of them. And you can just get even just like get a different energy from all of them for that yeah, matter. So, some people like like a special operations like veteran that's very monotone, that's very aggressive, it's very black and white, right? You know, like, like Jocko's and David's. And I love those guys, by the way. I, I, I think they've, they've done a phenomenal thing in the industry and they're helping out the world tremendously. But then there's also the other side, like the Jeremiah Sullivan's who's, you know, I sm- guess what? I smile when I'm doing my podcast. I smile when I do my videos, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I, I smile sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm a regular human being. There's people that are more drawn to that type of thing. Yeah, dude. And, the, and yeah, the, I mean, that's a good point too. There are different things for different people, right? Like I, I don't listen to Jocko a whole lot because I'm not about the the monotone, straight face, black and white podcast thing. I mean, that's his thing. And so that's what he does. Good for him. I'm not against Jocko. I read his books and stuff. So like not everybody, not everybody has to be like this wild raving fan of you either in order for you to have done something or left some sort of impact, right? Like not everybody needs to love you or think you're the greatest person that like God ever gifted to the earth either. No. And honestly, more people are going to hate you, the better you do. And it's not because they hate, they're hating on you doing well. Um, it's just that it, it comes with the territory. And um, by the way, I don't mean to compare myself to Jocko and David. I, I don't want to, <laughs> it's almost like disrespectful because they've, they've put in like, yeah. you know, Dave, David's put in, you know, 20 years into speaking and, and Jocko's put in about 20 years into his profession. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to discredit what they've done and disrespect them at all. I'm saying that I'm carving out my own lane and I'm becoming an expert in my field. And that's what other people should do. Um, but with the hate that comes along with it, the more you, if people aren't hating on you, to be honest, you're probably just being mediocre. Um, because you're not really stretching. Okay. And when you start stretching, you start challenging people, people get loud and they start commenting and start telling you to slow down. And those are indicators that you're on the right path. That you're going to do something more than most people. Uh, for example, one of my, we talked about this last week. One of my ads right now is about the shooting that I was in, uh, in Missouri. I, I was exposed to a drive-by shooting. Well, guess what happened? Somebody commented on the, they direct messaged me and they said, you know what? Yeah. On a sponsored ad. Yeah. They direct messaged me and they said, you know what? You guys would, uh, run this ad right after so-and-so was shot in my hometown. And I'm thinking like, I have one, I have no idea where you live Two, like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just completely out of context. And you think that I sat back and I put this ad together because there was a shooting in your hometown. Like, are you serious? And it's, it's, that's unfortunate that you went through that, but the realization is that we're doing well as a company. I'm doing well as an entrepreneur because people are having those comments. It shows that like, that we're being loud enough to where people can hear us. Right. 
First yeah, of you're, all, you're just, you're just baffled right now at some of this. I stuff. know, I know. I was gonna say, first of all, for those of you that don't know, there are these little three dots next to Facebook ads. <laughs> you can click on those three dots, and there's gonna be a thing that says "Hide this ad," and you just do that for the love of all things holy. Like you don't have to see them anyway. Um, yeah, that's that that that's it. That's that's my two cents for the day. Okay. Well, no, you did, you did great. Um, do you? I'll give you a chance to do any um, closing notes. I don't know if there's anything you want to tell the listeners, but I'll recap on um, uh, the practical tools. So practical tools are to focus, winners focus on competing, not comparing. Okay, that's a practical tool because it's a belief that you can implement in your life. It means that when I say it's a, it's a belief you can implement, that's something you should be rehearsing and saying to yourself over and over and over again so that you stay focused on what your lane is. Okay. The second practical tool was the I am exercise. I am a one, two, three, just list out three different words, get clear about who you truly are. And then uh, practical tool number three is adopt an abundance mindset, a winner's mindset, and recognize that you can create a new dream, even if you've achieved an old one. Okay. There's always more dreams to create. So if you're in life right now and you're trying to transition to the next stage, if you're trying to, you know, change chapters, then those three tools will help you out a ton. Do you have any closing notes? Um, I could do a little bit of housekeeping because I didn't really do a ton of it at the beginning, guys. Just to make sure that if this was any sort of valuable or if it was really shitty that you go and express that through an iTunes review of some sort, uh, one star, five star, something like that. Don't give us three star reviews because nobody leaves three star reviews. That's the that's the power of average, as Ryan Stuman would call it just a bunch of average folks giving three-star reviews but seriously go leave reviews the reviews we get are incredibly awesome for some reason they're like the best itunes reviews i've ever seen they're never fake so i know that we're reaching the right people and other than that i mean do you have any do you have anything going on right now that these people can go and check out and benefit from outside of the uh, podcast or uh so i have the the winner circle which we're meeting every friday the winner circle is a, a leadership and workout group that meets up once a week on Friday, 7 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, the cool thing about it is that even if you can't do the workout, you can still register, show up, and listen because I talk, I drop a little bit of knowledge every time before we kick off the workout. And I have a handful of people that come in, they get that, and then they have to bounce. Um, so that's completely acceptable. But uh, we've brought in different guests. Um, I, led, I led one of the classes last week, but we're only going to do it for a few more weeks. Um, so I would get in and, and be a part of that. It's on Zoom. So we all meet on Zoom. We do a workout. I do a leadership discussion and give some food for thought. So um, yeah. I highly recommend that. And to get on it, there's two There's two ways. Um, either my, yeah, really there's just one way. So you go to my Instagram, get on my, my uh, the bio, the link in my bio, get on my email mm -hmm. list. And get on that email list or just go there is two ways or you just register for the event itself which is inside of that link as well it's called the, okay. the winner the winner circle is that a uh, is that a link tree in your instagram bio okay i might just take it and put it in the show notes of this episode so that way people can just go right below this where they're listening on now and find all your stuff there just as easily too but i mean definitely check out jeremiah's instagram too i actually said on my podcast the other day i was like guys go follow jeremiah sullivan on instagram so uh, i try but that's that's what I've got. That's all she wrote. All right. Well, thanks, Justin. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening today. Thanks for taking notes. Thanks for striving to be more. Um, 
And I want to leave you with a closing thought, closing note. You know, you're on this path to achieving more in life. And if you accept this idea, the belief that there are more dreams ahead of you, okay, if you accept that and you, you truly believe in your heart that there are, then understand you can achieve anything if you commit to it, okay? But there, I'd be lying to you if I told you there wasn't a price to pay. There's always a trade-off with, with trying to achieve greatness, okay? So today's quote that I introed with summarizes that statement, okay? Summarizes that philosophy. Tom Bilyeu said it. He said, you can do anything you set your mind to if you're willing to pay the price for greatness. Okay, there's a price that is paid when you're trying to achieve more. Okay, and sometimes that means giving up your current profession. And that means pivoting, taking a different direction so you can achieve that new dream. Okay, so I'm hopefully hopefully you found value in today's episode. And just remember that you can achieve your greatness, but there is some sacrifices that come along with it. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for for listening. Share today's episode with a friend. And until next time, be the leader. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. Dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.